The first reading for this, the fourth Sunday of Easter, comes from the Acts of the Apostles, the 20th chapter. Now from Miletus, Paul sent to Ephesus and called the elders of the church to come to him. And when they came to him, he said to them, You yourselves know how I lived among you the whole time from the first day that I set foot in Asia, serving the Lord with all humility and with tears and with trials that happened to me through the plot of the Jews, how I did not shrink from declaring to you anything that was profitable and teaching you in public and from house to house, testifying both to Jews and to Greeks of repentance toward God and of faith in our Lord Jesus Christ. And now, behold, I am going to Jerusalem, constrained by the Spirit, not knowing what will happen to me there, except that the Holy Spirit testifies to me in every city that imprisonment and afflictions await me. But I do not account my life of any value, nor as precious to myself, if only I may finish my course and the ministry that I receive from the Lord Jesus, to testify to the gospel of the grace of God. And now, behold... I know that none of you among whom I have gone about proclaiming the kingdom will see my face again. Therefore, I testify to you this day that I am innocent of the blood of all of you, for I did not shrink from declaring to you the whole counsel of God. Pay careful attention to yourselves and to all the flock in which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers, to care for the church of God, which he obtained with his own blood. I know that after my departure... Fierce wolves will come in among you, not sparing the flock. And from among your own selves will arise men speaking twisted things to draw away the disciples after them. Therefore, be alert, remembering that for three years I did not cease night or day to admonish everyone with tears. And now I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and to give you the inheritance among all those who are sanctified. I coveted no one's silver or gold or apparel. You yourselves know that these hands ministered to my necessities and to those who were with me. In all things, I have shown you that by working hard in this way, we must help the weak and remember the words of the Lord Jesus, how he himself said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. And this is the word of the Lord. Christ has risen from the dead. He has given him dominion over the works of his hands. The epistle reading comes from the Revelation of St. John, the seventh chapter. After this I looked, and behold, a great multitude that no one could number, from every nation, from all tribes and peoples and languages, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed in white robes, with palm branches in their hands, and crying out with a loud voice, Salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. And all the angels were standing around the throne and around the elders and the four living creatures, and they fell on their faces before the throne and worshipped God, saying, Amen. Blessing and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving and honor and power and might be to our God forever and ever. Amen. Then one of the elders addressed me, saying, Who are these clothed in white robes, and from where have they come? I said to him, Sir, you know. And he said to me, These are the ones coming out of the great tribulation. 
They have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. Therefore they are before the throne of God and serve him day and night in his temple. And he who sits on the throne will shelter them with his presence. They shall hunger no more, neither thirst any more. The sun shall not strike them, nor any scorching heat. For the Lamb in the midst of the throne will be their shepherd. And he will guide them to springs of living water. And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. And this is the word of the Lord. And the Holy Gospel, which serves as the text for our sermon this morning, comes to us according to St. John, the 10th chapter. At that time, the Feast of Dedication took place at Jerusalem. It was winter, and Jesus was walking in the temple in the colonnade of Solomon. So the Jews gathered around him and said to him, How long will you keep us in suspense? If you are the Christ, tell us plainly. Jesus answered them, I told you, and you do not believe. The works that I do in my Father's name bear witness about me, but you do not believe because you are not part of my flock. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. I give them eternal life, and they will never perish, and no one will snatch them out of my hand. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all, and no one is able to snatch them out of the Father's hand. I and the Father are one. This is the gospel of our Lord. Our Father, and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. It's kind of an old classic, isn't it? Someone in the movies or the cartoons has a decision to make. And what do we see? We see an angel on one shoulder and a devil on the other. Your mom worked so hard to make that cake for your brother's birthday. Don't ruin it by taking a taste. Eat it. Eat it all. Eat it and then punch your brother in the face and take his birthday presents. (laughs) It's kind of become a cliche, hasn't it? But it really is fairly accurate. And it's an illustration kind of used by Jesus in our gospel reading today. He says that we are sheep and that we are called by more voices than just his. His voice is there to lead us on the path of righteousness. But there are others who call to us, who try to lure us away. But sadly, though, it's not as obvious as the old angel in white on one side and the devil in a red jumpsuit on the other. Because oftentimes the voices that are calling us to do wrong sound very right. I mean, think about your life. Think about all the choices that you make each and every day. Choices to do what's right and choices to do what's wrong. Choices that might affect the rest of your life and choices that really don't seem to matter one bit. As you think about all those decisions that you have to consider, do you hear voices? Now normally when we ask that question, the insinuation is that you're a little mentally unstable. But the fact is, we all hear voices. Lots and lots of voices. There's there's plenty of voices that speak to us each and every day. They come from Hollywood, from Washington, from musicians and actors, from news reporters and athletes. They come from family and friends. They even come from within ourselves. So many voices 
crying out for our attention, trying to tell us what to do, trying to convince us of what is right and what is wrong, telling us that we should act in a certain way. And many of these voices are very appealing as they clamor for our attention. They will tell us exactly what we want to hear. They will promise us exactly what we want. Ease and luxury and wealth and pleasure and comfort in the world and friendship with all the people around us. But sadly, oftentimes as they do, those voices lure us to sin. They try to convince us to turn our backs on God and stop listening to his word. We hear voices that say, go ahead and take a little something from work. I mean, you've earned it. Nobody will know, and the company can afford it anyway. It's not stealing, because you work here, and they don't pay you enough. We hear a voice that tells us, go ahead and sleep with that person. Move in together. It's cheaper. It's more convenient. And it's not adultery if you love them. We hear voices that say, go ahead and join in with the gossip about your neighbor. You know they deserve it. And hey, you might just learn something really juicy. Go ahead and sleep in on Sunday. It's been a busy week. You need a little you time. I'm sure you'll go again next week. Go ahead and ignore your parents. Go ahead and use God's name in vain. Go ahead and flirt while your spouse is out of the room. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Say so many voices from within and from without. It's the natural thing to do, they say. It's the right thing to do. It's the current thing to do. Our world isn't bound by all those silly rules that you think exist. All these voices call for our attention continually, luring us to sin, telling us that it's okay, that it's even enjoyable and good. I mean, just look at how we'd benefit. If I steal... I'm going to come out financially ahead and life is easier for me and my family and those around me. If I sleep with this person, they'll have to love me and then we'll be together forever. If I speed, I'll get there sooner. Sin always presents an upside. Always presents some kind of a great benefit. Some kind of a reason why you should just neglect what you know is right and do what's wrong. Do you know the myth of the sirens? Beautiful women with angelic voices would sing their song from an island, and they would promise lonely sailors respite and safe harbor and pleasures of the flesh and all the other things that they just couldn't get at sea. But when the sailors followed those siren voices, they were led to dangerous rocks which would smash their ships, sinking and destroying the sailor, his vessel, and his entire crew. The voice of sin, the voice of the devil and the world around us and our own sinful nature, those voices are the voices of the sirens. They call to us. They promise us all sorts of great things, assuring us that everything will be just fine, that nothing could possibly go wrong. But when we follow their voice, we are led to death and emptiness and destruction. The voice of sin calls us to do wrong. And it is always, always, always easier to do wrong than it is to do right. It is always easier 
to give in to our primal urges than it is to stand up for what is right and moral and virtuous. It is always easier to ignore God's law and do what the world tells us. It is always easier because there are millions of ways to do things wrong and so few ways to do things right. And it's always easier because the voice of sin is so loud. It is so pervasive in every aspect of our life. And it sounds so good and so right. And it's coming from so many different angles. And if we follow those voices, we convince ourselves that we'll be liked. We'll be safer. We'll be better off. That we're being friendlier. And so why not do what everyone else is doing? The voices are so loud, and they call us to do so much wrong. So what are we poor sheep to do? Surrounded by so many voices calling us to ruin, how are we poor sheep going to make it? How will we know the voice of the shepherd who truly wants to lead us in safety and love? In the art world, there are tons and tons of forgeries Fakes that people try to pass off as masterpieces, copies of classic pieces of art. Someone will sit down, paint a copy of a Van Gogh for 20 bucks, and then try to sell it for millions. And every day, new fakes are hitting the streets. And so there are trained professionals who make their living identifying counterfeits, verifying artwork for people who want to purchase it, separating the fakes from the real treasures. And with thousands and thousands of fakes, how can they possibly know all of them? How can they possibly know every variation that's wrong out there to say, yep, this is that one that Jim painted 20 years ago. Don't buy that. Well, the fact is, they don't have to. They don't study the counterfeits. What they do is they learn every little detail of the original. Every brush stroke, every flaw, every little variation. And by knowing the original inside and out, they can spot the fakes easily. This signature here, it's slightly off. So I don't care who made it, I don't care how it's wrong, it's wrong. This swirl, it should be counterclockwise here. There's supposed to be a little bit of dust stuck in the paint up in this corner. And so if anything is not the way the original should be, they know the whole thing is a fake. This is how we know the voice of our good shepherd. Jesus says to us, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. He doesn't say, My people are pretty smart. They can figure out right from wrong. Because let's be honest, we are terrible at figuring out right from wrong. If it's up to us, we will always follow the wrong voice saying, oh, yep, that sounds good to me. We are not called to learn the ins and outs of every false voice out there, to learn why this is wrong and to know what wrong counterfeit is coming up next. We are called to know the voice, the true voice of Jesus Christ, because in his voice alone is salvation. Thankfully, Despite all those wicked voices promising us the world, we have the constant, clear, strong, and steady voice of the shepherd leading us through the pitfalls and snares 
in the valley of the shadow of death. And amid all those voices trying to lure us to destruction, the voice of the Good Shepherd calls us to life, to safety, to peace, and to joy. Real joy. No matter how loud the voices of sin are in our life, God continues to speak to us clearly. His voice is always there, calling us, leading us, showing us the path of safety and of peace. His word doesn't change with the culture around us. It doesn't leave us wondering what his voice is going to sound like or what it's going to say tomorrow, because it's the same. His voice, his word is clear and consistent. No matter how many other voices might be clamoring for our attention, no matter how alluring those other voices might be, no matter how much they might claim to be speaking on behalf of the Good Shepherd, Jesus alone is the Good Shepherd. And the Good Shepherd leads us by his own voice, by his true word, that we may have life and may have it abundantly. You know, the devil promises abundant life through decadent pleasures and instant gratification. How often have we heard sin and debauchery described as living it up or having the good life? Surround yourself with wealth, with sexual pleasure, with hedonism, with drugs and alcohol, all kinds of stuff to make you feel good. That's not the abundant life. That's living like an animal. The thrill of sin, it doesn't last. And it will leave you wanting more and more and bigger and bigger thrills until your life is consumed by chasing after the next sinful rush. That's not abundant life. That's slavery. That's addiction. The devil comes only to steal and kill and destroy. But Jesus, the good shepherd, he comes that we may have life and have it abundantly. You know, so often people talk about Christianity as stifling the good life, making us miss out on the good things in this world. But nothing could be further from the truth. What we miss out on is the pain and shame and emotional scars that sin brings along with it. When we lead a chaste life, we don't have the pain that comes with being abandoned by the one that we were so sure was going to be with us forever. When we turn away from gossip, we won't have our friendships poisoned by lies and half-truths. When we live according to God's word, we don't have to live in fear of the authorities, wondering when we're going to get caught. When we walk through life following the voice of Jesus, we don't have to wonder if he's going to change the rules on us tomorrow and decry what we thought was so virtuous today. The voice of Jesus guides us in truth. So how can we know which voice to follow? By knowing the word of Jesus. By knowing his voice. By being in God's word. By studying it and gladly hearing it. So that we will recognize his voice when others try to imitate it and lure us to sin. By being continually strengthened in our God-given faith by his word and his sacraments. So when some slick-talking huckster in a fancy suit tells us that a real Christian can name it and claim it and have lots of wealth and health, we recognize that Jesus never promised anything like that. That's not the voice of Jesus. When some heretic comes along telling us that the Bible says we should be more accepting of homosexuality and sin and abortion is a God-given right, we will know that that is not the voice of Jesus speaking. 
by knowing the voice of Jesus as he speaks to us through Scripture, we can recognize all the imposters and avoid the traps and the snares that they've laid out for us, standing firm in God's true word, protecting our lives from so much heartache and suffering. But it's so much more than just that. The Good Shepherd gives us more than just a safe passage through this world around us. If Jesus came only to offer blessings in this life, we'd be no better off than if we followed the voices of sin. But Jesus comes that we may have not just abundant life on earth, but eternal life. The Good Shepherd did more than just give us a voice to guide us through the pitfalls and the snares. The Good Shepherd laid down his life for his sheep. Even though he himself never once went astray, Jesus Christ suffered and died for all us wandering lambs. He gave his life as a perfect sacrifice, paying the full price for all of the penalties that we had earned and that we had justly deserved the punishment of. Washed by his blood, we not only have peace and joy here, but we look forward to an eternity of perfect peace in heaven. Here on earth, even as his children, even as the lambs who follow the good shepherd, even as we listen to his voice, we will still suffer because we are still sinners in a sinful world. We will still chase after so many wrong voices. We'll still make so many bad decisions. We'll still do so many sinful things. And yet, Jesus loves us. And when he comes again, he will carry us with him to paradise. Through him, we will enter into that perfect pasture of heaven itself. And there in heaven, the voices of sinful temptation will be silenced forever. There we will hear only the voice of the Good Shepherd, Jesus Christ, God himself, our Lord and our Savior. What a joy it will be to revel in his presence with all believers for all eternity. All we, like sheep, have gone astray. But the Good Shepherd has come to us in the flesh, has called us back to himself, and has given his life for us. And because he's done so, we know without a doubt that we will be with him forever in heaven. All the wicked voices in the world seek to lead us astray. They promise us all our wildest desires. But as faithful Christians, we recognize the voice of the Good Shepherd, and we focus on it. We hear it gladly. We learn to recognize it from all those trying to imitate it. And the more we listen to the voice of Jesus Christ, the more joy and peace and comfort that we have. Not that he magically protects us from the ways of this world, but the sin that seeks to control us and enslave us is no longer our master. His voice never changes. His voice never calls us to destruction. His voice proclaims throughout all time that glorious message of his gospel of grace, that by his cross alone, by his empty tomb alone, you are forgiven of every one of your sins, and eternal life in heaven is yours. To God alone be all glory, now and forever. Amen.